Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Dave Walker, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing, man? Hey, DW. Um, I was promised we didn't have to talk about the Falcons anymore since it's the uh, offseason, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> we're only by proxy. Uh, we're right. going to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> as I promised on a previous podcast, we are going to recap uh, the Falcons scores within pro football focus. Um, I wanted to do a rundown, not of the entire team. We'll talk about, you know, the best players, the worst players, some of their grades, and then even where the team ranked, uh, you know, a- as a whole. So actually, you know, Evan, on that note, you and I are both big proponents. We love PFF. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like we, but we have to put some caveats on it. Like right. PFF is one metric. It's a very good one. Uh, I think it puts better context around things. Um, but you and I throughout the year have seen s- times, have seen scores where we're like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> and uh, and I, I feel like that's an important caveat. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I always share like weekly grades of um, how the Falcons did in specific games. And I always tell people like, don't take this as like per- a perfect analysis of how that player did. Um, usually PFF grades for the most part will kind of point you in the right direction. Like they back up, you know, they through, probably the earliest of anything nationally um, saying, Hey, AJ Terrell's having a good season. And then yeah. you could kind of notice that. And then it was like towards the very start of the season. Um, me and you talked about it all year, how great his season was, but it wasn't until, you know, kind of towards the end that everybody, you know, some nationally, uh, media were like, wait, uh, AJ Terrell's having a pretty good season. So you can kind of use um, PFF to back up those numbers. Um, but also, you know, like you mentioned, there's times where there's a player who's got like a not so great uh, grade, according to them. And it's like, wait a second, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. But it is it is important to remember it's 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 their their own company um, that have, you know, they do put a lot of work into it and they do a lot of analysis in specific games on specific players and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just kind of like a tool to kind of get an idea of how good or bad a player's been. Um, And then you can look at, you know, actual stats and see if that backs it up. And majority of the time it does. So, yeah. And so exactly. Majority of the time, I think it's on, on point. Um, I've, I've at times expressed dismay with, guys where I felt like they were scored too high or sometimes scored too low. Uh, we'll talk about some guys probably on this podcast who may fit that billing. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So do you have, can you give us the rundown of like where the Falcons is a team ranked by the PFF scores before we start to sort of jump into specific players and their ranking within the league? Yeah. So the Falcons have kind of been towards the bottom overall. This is their overall grade. Um, throughout the season and at the end of the season, regular season, they finished 25th, um, with a 69.3, uh, grade. And, you know, you kind of hear, Oh, 69.3, that sounds terrible. It's, it's not a great grade by any means. It's not a playoff grade, but, uh, PFF grades are a little weird to where, like, if you got a 69.3 in school, like, you're probably like failing whatever test or class that is where like in PFF, like that's an okay grade. It's not a elite grade. Elite grades are, I believe 90 and up. And then, you know, you've got the ideal ranges in the seventies to eighties. So 69 falls just below that. And some of the teams that they have near them is um, like above them is Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's a playoff team. Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins, and then below the Falcons is Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers, New York Jets. So, I mean, I, I think most people would agree that's probably the range they're in anyways. Yeah. Um, so PFF kind of backs that up. And then 
um, you, you can also break down, uh, I think you have to have the actual subscription. Like this isn't just for media. Like anyone can pretty much have this. You just got to pay th for the subscription, but, um, they break it down to like specifically like how, how's the offense doing and PFF has the offense at 20th, um, throughout the season tied with the Seattle Seahawks, 74.7. Um, Seattle was another team that had some, you know, uh, unlike the Falcons, they had some you know, actual talent on their offense and Russell Wilson's injury probably had to do with a lot of that, but Definitely. they finished with the same exact grade, um, 74.7. Um, and then just defensively uh, Falcons are 29th. Um, <laughs> not, not, not a, uh, not a great, a great grade. Um, 48.3s, oh. you know, pretty, pretty terrible pretty bad yeah and then <laughs> i gotta mention the pass rush grade um they're 32nd which dead is last. um yeah so there's 32 teams folks yeah they're dead last <laughs> um <laughs> and they finished with a fifth and even 52.0 um just to give you an idea how bad that is the team above them which finished 31st the denver broncos Falcons were 52.0. Denver Broncos were 61.6. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, they were about as low as you can get. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much a rundown of how terrible they've been uh, across the board. <laughs> yeah, none of that's surprising, um, honestly. I, I think the offense was a little bit higher, actually, than I thought they would be. 20th is not mm -hmm. that bad. See, so, you know, bottom third of the league. Um but sort of, and it fits in, I think, with the narrative this season, which is the Falcons. I heard a lot of people say this, and I think this is probably along the right lines. They were the best of the bad teams. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the, those scores sort of adhere to that. Um, and the record sort of adheres to that. The teams they beat sort of adheres to that. Um, the Falcons were the best of the bad teams. So, and, that's and not to end it on just a negative note, they did have two areas where they did grade well that are worth mentioning for some reason, too. Um, so the Falcons run blocking, they were the sixth uh highest graded run blocking unit. That blows um, my and mind. They had it, yeah, an 80.8. Um, and then the other area where they were pretty good was um, special teams, they had an 82.8. Um, that was good enough for 16th overall. Obviously, there's a lot mixed in there, but an 82.8 in anything is a good grade. So yeah, um, that's pretty much the only uh, areas where they finished, you know, top 15 or whatever. Yeah, and the special teams is not surprising, especially once mm -hmm. they brought uh, Thomas Morstead on. It yep. seemed like that improved that aspect of special teams. Everything else seemed to be fine. I thought Avery Williams was good as a returner. Um, got better as the season went along, uh, both in kick returns and punt returns. And of course, Youngway Koo has uh, mm -hmm. had a, another very strong year. Um, so no, no big surprises there. All right, let's jump into the uh, top five, the bottom five for the Falcons offense, and then we'll get into the Falcons defense. And then we're going to talk about where some of the key players on both sides of the ball ranked um, as far as their position, their positional rank within the NFL. Um, so let's start with the offense top five. Mm -hmm. um, the guy at the top of this list, uh, Evan, uh, you and I talked about him a lot, uh, and uh, he was just a rock. Uh, I think he only was outside of the top five of PFF scores like a handful of times, like one or two times during the entire season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. I wasn't surprised that he was at the top of this list. I kind of expected him to be the – it was either him or the next guy. Um, but it's right guard Chris Lindstrom, um, 84.1 overall grade, played all 17 games. Um, what I was a little surprised by, I don't know if, if you were as well, was that his pass block grade was not as good as I thought it would be. Um, they had him at a 65.3 Um but had him as nearly elite in run blocking with 88.2. Um, I thought he, and again, this is where I think we may differ a little bit with PFF. I thought his mm. pass blocking was never a problem. Um, it, you know, every, every offensive lineman gets beat here or there, but to me, in my eyes, Chris Lindstrom barely got beat throughout the season. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, He's literally the only guard in the NFL to play 17 games and allow no sacks. Um, so to <laughs> me, that seems like something better. I mean, he played uh, over a thousand snaps. Like he, 
17 games and to allow no sacks. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah. 1,034 is how many snaps he had. The um, most of any Falcons offensive player. Mm-hmm. Like think about dropping back and then, you know, 661 were uh, actual passing plays. So imagine like him dropping back 661 times and literally none of the sacks are because of him. Obviously <laughs> there's like a, you know, terrible offensive line um, mainly because of Jalen Mayfield and McGarry um, and Hennessy, you know, to some degree, but it's, you know, I, I don't really get the 65.3. That's a little low, but that's PFF's grade on him. So it is what it is. Um, but, you know, his run blocking 88.2, that's basically elite. Just yeah. a couple more points and he's an elite um, run blocker. So, And where did he rank amongst all guards this year? Um, amongst all guards. See, and that's the thing with PFF is you can, like, break it down um, to like specific, uh, how many played, you know, how many snaps or whatever. And let me take a look and see where he's at. He, he is their sixth, um, guard and that's among left and right guards. So ahead of him, um, Zach Martin, uh, Joel Patino, Michael Ananwu for new England, Shaq Mason, new England, Wyatt and Wyatt Teller of Cleveland. Um, but only three of them, including Lindstrom, actually played uh, all 17 games. So, yeah, yeah he was he was the, the sixth. Um, and actually, if you want to break down further, sixth, he was the fourth right guard because yeah, two of them so, were left guards. So there you go. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. season from Lindstrom. I uh, think next year he may be in line to finally get some recognition if he keeps up this level of play. Yeah. Um, all right. It's unfortunate uh, that it has to, like – because he had a pretty good season last year, but th- his season this year was noteworthy. And I don't yeah. feel like he got the national attention he deserved. So he didn't. And honestly, I think the rest, the rest of the line sort of sucking really badly um, probably hurt his yeah. chances. Like Matt Definitely. Ryan got sacked 40 times. They're not going to like reach out and say, Hey, who's your best offensive lineman? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's unfortunate for him because he did his job. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Evan, who was number two? on the list for the Falcons on offense uh, for the entire season. Number two is Cordero Patterson. Um, just as everyone predicted at the start of the season, he had an, <laughs> an 82.0 uh, overall offensively in the passing game, 91.4, which is about, I mean, that's elite, but it's about yeah, it's as elite. good as you can get. Um, and then pass blocking 52.7, not, not great, but it, you know, I don't think anybody knows him for his pass blocking. Um, running 64.3 and run blocking 74.4. Um, he played a total of 472 plays. Um, it was used, you know, a lot on passing plays too. 258 snaps. Um, really good season by Cordero Patterson. I mean, overall, like, like I said, uh, I don't think anybody predicted that kind of, um, I mean, national, I guess, attention that he's received, obviously, uh, fantasy football has played a big part in it and he kind of slowed down towards the end, but when you yeah. were in the meat of the season, um, he was like automatic. Like he was scoring at least one or two touchdowns. The Falcons offense seemed like it was going through him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I think at 82.0 overall is pretty fair. Um, considering. Yeah. Um, I, and I think it was brought down a little bit by his last four or five games of the year mm-hmm. where, I think either just the wear and tear, you know, he did begin to, uh, you know, put together some injuries towards the back end of the season. And you got to remember, like, he, this is as much of a workload as he has had in years. Um, So that probably factored into it. Um, And certainly, I think, you know, fans are thinking about uh, will he be back with Atlanta? Um, We'll discuss that on the podcast in the future. It's a great question. And I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of things to talk about with Cordero Patterson. Yeah, right. he was. Oh, I just want to mention he was the eighth um, PFF's eighth. Yes, thank uh, you. Running back. Um, just a couple names ahead of him to give you an idea. Damian Harris was one. Um, AJ Dillon, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, um, Jonathan Ward. He only played eight games, so technically you can move Patterson up to seventh. Because I mean, when they're lat limited, that's not really 
uh, earned in my eyes, James Connor, Aaron Jones, and then Patterson. So, I mean, he's in good company right there. Um, and then he, I believe he was the top, uh, receiving back in the NFL according to PFF too. So, I mean, just a, you know, better year than you could have expected from Cordero Patterson. Definitely. I don't think anyone expected this. (laughs) Um, all right. Number three on the list, rookie tight end phenom Kyle Pitts. Um, 79.7 79.7 overall grade, 81.6 in the pass. Uh, surprisingly, and he only had 15 snaps as a pass blocker, so keep this in mind. 69.7 as a pass blocker. That's pretty – he did, He was a better pass blocker than some of our offensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a 55.7 in run blocking. Uh, area of his game he'll undoubtedly work on over the, you know, over the, uh, the next few years. Uh, 772 snaps out of 1,049. So for the people who complained that Kyle Pitts was not on the field enough, he was out there a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that criticism was not warranted by the time the, the season wrapped up. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by this as well. Clearly, there were several games where Kyle Pitts was just absolutely freakishly dominant. Um, that Jets game in, in London is uh, clearly the standout of the season. But even towards the back end of the year, you could tell he was drawing so much attention. And I, I think year two for him could be phenomenal. Broke the Falcons' uh, all-time rookie receiving record. Broke uh, the tight end receiving record for the Falcons with over 1,000 yards. Second most yards in NFL history for a rookie tight end. Second only to Mike Ditka, uh, mm-hmm. as we've heard about a billion times during the Falcons' season. Uh, he just had... You know, by all accounts, all measures, except for touchdowns, which he only had one, um, by every other metric, he had a phenomenal season. Um, I, I think it's it's worth celebrating. Where did he end up ranking uh, amongst tight ends? Uh, he was he was sixth uh, with a seventy nine point seven as a rookie. Uh, t- yeah. Oh oh oh. This is among all tight ends. I didn't yeah. I didn't know if you wanted just rookie. He was number one rookie tight end, obviously. No, no, I mean, but uh, amongst I'm saying as a yeah. rookie, he was number six of yeah, all tight yeah. ends. Definitely. And here's the guys that were above him, and I don't think anybody would really disagree. Um, Mark Andrews was one with a ninety one point yep. five. Then you have George Kittle at two, Dallas Goddard at three, Travis Kelsey at four, and Rob Gun- uh, Gronkowski at Five. Um, that is really good company for him. Yeah. To be in. <laughs> and, and, and you consider the only guy ahead of him who played, you know, Kyle Pitts played 17 games, even in that last game. Like he technically played, even though he probably shouldn't because he had a hamstring injury. Yeah. But Mark Andrews at one was the only other tight end um, who, you know, played the same amount of games as he did. And then when you look at receiving wise, he was also six. Um, they break it down, PFF does, to where it's specific to. How were they as a receiver? George Kittle was one there and Kyle Pitts was still six. Um, and then other, other thing that's noticeable um, among all tight ends, he was the one split out wide the most 188, but right behind him, Travis Kelsey, 181 plays, uh, Mike Isecki, 173. So, I mean, it's not like he was out there by himself, you know, playing uh, wide receiver like Travis Kelsey. A lot of people don't consider him, just a pure receiver and Kyle Pitts gets it thrown around a lot where it's like, Oh, he's not a tight end. Well, is Travis Kelsey? Cause he played only seven less snaps. Um, yeah. Outside. So <laughs> excellent point. Um, preach it, man. All right. Um, number four, I kind of want to gloss over cause he only had 68 snaps. Um, so it's a really small sample size, um, but I do want to point him out. Center Drew Dahlman, um, 68 snaps, 78.3 overall grade. Um, interesting because the next guy we're going to talk about um, is the, like their numbers are eerily similar from a PFF scoring standpoint. Uh, Drew Dahlman, 40.9 as a pass blocker, which is not good. 92.3 as a run blocker, which is holy cow. And again, keep in mind, Drew Dahlman's a rookie. Uh, coming in, most everybody thought, yeah, he's going to need a year in. Uh, to get ready for the NFL, to bulk up, to get bigger. Uh, he was considered to be a little bit of an undersized uh, player coming in, but you know would need to add a little bit to his frame in order to you know sort of hold up for an entire NFL season. Um, apparently, he did fairly well, especially as a run blocker. Um, but on that note, uh, you know, again, small s- sample size. So we'll go to number six and consider the sixth player on this list to be number five since Dalman had so few snaps. I, I don't feel like that qualifies. 
So Evan, who finished at quote unquote fifth, which really is fourth uh, in our book. Yeah, that would be none other than Matt Hennessy. Um, the other center. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 77 overall offensive grades, pretty solid for somebody who played 17 games. Um, his pass blocking 50.5, not, not great. Um, his run blocking 88.9. I mean, that's about as good as you can get from a center overall among all NFL players. Um, and you take out like the players who played, you know, just a few games, uh, Hennessy finished ninth overall. Like that's insanely good. <laughs> it's and very surprising. <laughs> um, this is a guy, and I mentioned this on the podcast before. This is a guy who I feel like his PFF score does not quite line up with what we saw. Um, because we saw several games where he got walked back as a pass blocker um, and was clearly at times a major liability on the inside of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously he made up for it in run blocking, as you mentioned, a nearly elite score. And he's it's third, funny. third yeah. in the entire league, according to PFF, as a run blocking <laughs> center. That is <laughs> That's crazy. Considering um, the narrative on him that he sucks and needs to be benched. Like that is insane. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this, you know, it's his first year starting. Um, and you know, his first true rookie year was the one that was completely upended by COVID where they didn't have a rookie training camp. They didn't have a normal training camp, no preseason. Um, you know, it, it, and he didn't end up playing. I think he played just a handful of snaps with Alex Mack, you know, still being on the team. So of Functionally, this was Matt Hennessy's rookie year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, first 17 games in the NFL is as the presumed starter. So uh, there is room to grow. And I think it's, um, I think this is something to build on. Um, yeah. And I, I think it'll be a competition between him and Drew Dahlman uh, going into next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting that those two guys were right next to each other. And interesting that they both sort of scored, they both scored, you know, relatively poorly in pass blocking, but both scored really well in run blocking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it boggles the mind, but it is, you know, the, that's what PFF has. So. Yeah. Um, that is their scoring system. We're not here to critique it. Uh, we're here to give you the info. Yeah. Um, all right, number five at the top of the list. Number mm-hmm. six, obviously, if you include Drew Dahlman. Um, I, was, I was a little nervous he wasn't going to make the top five, honestly, <laughs> for the Falcons. Um, and that's quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, he played 1,020 snaps, which was uh, third of all the uh, players on offense. He had a 75.8 overall grade, 76.3 as a passer, 47.2 as a runner. Matty Wheels, not so much. Um, and he actually got a score for run blocking of a 60.7. <laughs> I don't know where in the hell that came from. Thanks, PFF, for grading our quarterback on run blocking. Um, I, don't, I hope to God I never see him involved in run blocking. Usually um, that ends badly. I always think of like when he's out does. there and just kind of gets in the way and somebody pushes him down. But. Oh, God. It's <laughs> funny to see that score up there. Um, all right, so uh, give me the the ranking of where Ryan fit amongst all the quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. So overall, offensively, he was 15th, uh, right in the middle with a 75.8. Um, top five was Tom Brady with a 92, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, some pretty solid quarterbacks there, and majority of them are in the playoffs or got pretty close to it. Um, and then as just pure grading his pure passing, uh, Ryan was 13th. Um, he had a 76.3 grade, uh, Joe, Joe Burrow was the, uh, top, uh, pat like pure passer according to PFF and then running. If that's something you're interested in, (laughs) um, he was 28th, um, with a, what is this? A 47.2, um, (laughs) I think that's a little harsh given, I mean, like if you take I, he, into account who he is and how old he is and stuff, I thought he was okay. He, he probably got dinged because I think he had several fumbles as a runner this year. So yeah, that's probably where some of that came from. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to notice or uh, make a note of 
was um and now i can't find it um the drops because they 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 take into account uh pff does the drop rate uh by like receivers like that should have been caught yep. so number one was josh allen they said 246 uh were dropped targets that the receivers should have caught two was matt ryan 245 um wow i found that kind of interesting because yep. you know you can't really blame him for that exactly but and then sacks this ain't pff this i mean this is just overall stats but fifth he was sacked uh 40 times yeah and a hit a, hit a league-wide uh high of 130 times mm-hmm. um Second highest on the hits was uh, Chicago, and I believe that was 114. So he was 16 hits above uh, Chicago, uh, who many people thought was the worst uh, offensive line in the league. Uh, PFF uh, or regular stats would tend to disagree with that. All right, um, let's talk about the bottom five on offense. Uh, I just I don't want to spend too much time talking about these guys, mm-hmm. um, but the the worst player for the Falcons, um, quarterback Josh Rosen. 26 total snaps, a 24.1 overall grade, 20, oh 24.7 as a passer. Um, dear God. Like, and there's just, some people who want him back as a backup. Like, if you have to turn to Josh Rosen, and this is where PFF stats, you know, match up with what we're actually seeing yes. on the field. Yeah. Um, he's been a 24.1 this season um, yeah. to the point where the Falcons had him as a healthy scratch there towards the end if you haven't been yeah. paying attention to the inactive list um he's been a healthy scratch and felipe franks has gotten the start speaking of felipe franks um <laughs> he, he is uh the second to worst with a 27.1 so just slightly yep. better uh passer grade of a 54.9 which is a lot better than 24.7 obviously more than double uh what rosen scored yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, as for the meaningful snaps, now we're getting to the guys who actually played significant snaps. Um, this name is probably not going to surprise anybody. Um, you can do a drum roll if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, surprise, surprise, the worst on the list, Jalen Mayfield. 16 mm-hmm. games, 989 snaps, 49.3 overall grade, 27.6 as a pass blocker. If you're wondering, yes, that's very bad. And actually a decent grade as a run blocker. Uh, I'm sorry, I said 27.6 as a pass blocker and then 67.0 as a run blocker, which is actually fairly good. He also led the team in penalties with nine um, on the year. So, um, Hmm. Evan, where did Jalen rank amongst (sighs) the Overall, offensively, he was 60th out of a possible 63 (laughs) Um, and that's just overall offensively. If you want to break it down, um, run blocking, Zach Martin was number one in the league with a elite 93.1. Uh, Mayfield was a, once I can find him 30 actually out of 63 and that, but that's That's run blocking. Yeah, Yeah. that's not terrible. Um, pass blocking out of 63 possible guards. He was literally last with the 27 point. Six um, above him was Alex Leatherwood, uh, I believe another rookie for the uh, Raiders. He had a twenty nine point zero. So yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> no surprises there, and why many of us feel like left guard has to be addressed in the offseason. Well, and the other thing we mentioned earlier, um, the only guard to play seventeen games and allow zero uh, sacks was Chris Lindstrom. Um, the, the most sacks given up by a guard, um, <laughs> Jalen Mayfield. Oh, he allowed. He, he was responsible for eleven, according to PFF, um, this <sighs> season. And uh, hits, he gave up the most hits that he was responsible for, which was twenty-one. Yeah. Um, so, dear God. Just, yeah. Dear it's God. like not. It's literally night and day, like between the oh, two yeah. guard positions. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, all right, who is next up on the list, Evan? Next up at the 24th spot, um, we have Tajay Sharp, 54.4 overall. Um, I mean, I think that's about fair. I mean, he played yeah. 15 games. He had 508 uh, yards, I believe. Um, 
or no, 508 snaps. Um, but like he wasn't really good. <laughs> like I, he, he I think it's there. kind of unfair because I don't think he came into this season expecting to, you know, play such a large role in this offense. And at times he was having to play a large role just because of the quote unquote weapons we had. Um, but yeah, 54.4 is not a great score or anything, but it is what it is. It's fair, I think. Yeah, uh, it falls right in line with what I expected. Um, all right, next up on the list, I'm not even going to ask about Tajay Sharp's ranking because I, I just I just don't care. Yeah, um, yeah. At this point, it's it <laughs> uh, actually for the next couple sure. guys. Yeah, the next might, couple guys, we probably won't even touch on it. It would yeah. take me a while to find like their actual rankings because exactly. it would just keep going. It's, it's just not worth it. Um, all right, next up on the list, uh, wide receiver Christian Blake had 110. Mm-hmm. 110 snaps uh, on the season, 54.8 overall grade, 54.1 in the past, 60.7 as a run blocker. Kind of right there with Tajay Sharp, just sort of you know below average. And yeah. I think that was the story of the Falcons receivers this year. Just I think sort of, this is more eh. of a Matt Ryan grade where it's like, look what he's had. Like a quarter right. PFF, yep. look what he's had to work with. Um, it's not th- Those aren't great grades for – actual weapons you know yep like these were actual weapons for matt ryan yeah and someone i'll have to find it um someone on twitter did a composite ranking of the amount of support quarterbacks had on their team during the 2021 season um and they took into account pass blocking they took into account the receivers um and all of that and the quarterback with the least amount of support in the NFL this year was Matt Ryan. You knew that was coming. <sighs> um, yeah. So no big surprise that guys like Tajay Sharp, Christian Blake, et cetera, bottom of this list. Um, all right. Who was our last guy at the bottom of the list um, to round out this depressing finish to the offense? That would be Hayden Hurst um, with a 55.3 overall grade, 57.4 through the air. Uh, pass blocking 32.5. Um, Oof. yeah, that's rough when you compare it to Kyle Pitts, who had a 69.7, which is actually pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, so rough season for him. Uh, 57.7 run blocking. Um, you know, he missed a couple games, he only played 13 games, but definitely not a great score for Hayden Hurst, considering the Falcons gave up a what was it, second round pick for him a couple years ago. So yeah. Yep. That ended up um that ended up being a terrible, terrible trade for the Falcons. Yep. And that's you know, one last parting gift from former GM Thomas Dimitrov. Okay. Uh we have to talk about the defense, the guys who finished at the top. Probably not gonna be a lot of surprises, um, but definitely gonna hit on some of the guys who finished at the bottom because I think it'll get some of you guys riled up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield, recapping the Falcons' PFF grades for the entire season, the 2021 season. We talked about the offense, where they ranked uh, in the first half of the podcast. Evan, let's talk about the defense now, man. This is... Uh, if we have uh, to. 
if we have to, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The name at the top, which, you know, we're not going to put a lot of time on it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so hilarious to me. That this yeah. guy is at the top. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, I'll let you um, give us the number one guy. Once we get through this caveat, there is a reason we talk about number of snaps. It matters. We will talk about the guys who had the most snaps and, and where they ranked. Um, but the defense, like the offense, the, the page, everything fit on the page for me, the defense, we had 37 guys on defense throughout the year, including Cordero Patterson, Keith Smith and Quadriol. <laughs> 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 um, who, all three graded better than more than half of our defense, if that gives you any idea. Not not to jump off course, Christian Blake played one play, and he's the fifth-ranked defensive player. (laughs) I didn't even realize he was on defense. Yeah, so uh, just a screwy, screwy list, um, but we'll we'll try to filter through it. So why don't you break the news of who our number one graded defender was, Evan? It's not who everyone's thinking it was. And right now, if you're listening to this, I want you to think in your head, like, who could it be? Like, think outside the box, because I guarantee you're still going to be wrong. It is linebacker Darren Bates. Darren Bates? (laughs) With a 90.4. And it gets better. Darren Bates is PFF's top-graded linebacker in the entire NFL. (laughs) I shit you not. And and obviously, this is with minimal snaps um not removed like oh well you know you have to play this many games he played two games he played nine snaps but in those nine snaps here in pff top overall linebacker grade so and and coverage wise i mean 86.0 he's the best coverage linebacker in the in the league um according to pff the best falcons coverage player period um yeah to this list from what i'm seeing here yep 86 is the highest coverage grade um so yes no one expected Darren Bates. I mean, that's um, better than Micah Parsons. Like the Cowboys thought they had a steal. The Falcons, <laughs> Darren Bates was undrafted, right? Or he so. was added late in the season or something. Um, I know he's played some special teams, but yeah, who saw that coming? Yeah, elite linebacker Darren Bates. Yeah. Um, all right, now for the real list. Uh, we had to get <laughs> we had to get that one out of the way. Um the name at the top is not going to surprise anybody. We have mm. gone on about him all year. And yeah. of course, we're talking about elite cover corner, uh, AJ Terrell. Played in 16 games, 1,023 snaps, 83.0 overall grade. Uh, most important grade for a corner, 85.6 in coverage. Um, obviously, the, the run defense, the tackling, all that, who cares? He's a cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evan, how did he rank uh, in – the NFL where, where PFF is concerned. Yeah. Overall, he was the uh, third corner defensively with an 83.0. Um, I mean, he, he had a great season, like elite, like he did it. He should have went to the pro bowl, even though he wasn't selected. Maybe he'll sneak in as an alternate or something, but he uh, PFFs, if you follow him on Twitter, has been given AJ Terrell, like credit they all have. season. One of the few like national sites that's given him credit all season. Um, second, he's PFF second coverage. Uh, this is just a pure coverage grade with an 85.6. Um, only Jalen Ramsey actually had a better score. And, um, you know, I think that's fair. Jalen Ramsey has been pretty good, um, in the NFL. And then these are just, at, uh, like stats, not really PFF specific, but, um, AJ Terrell, uh, he allowed the third, um, fewest yard, um, receptions in the NFL with 29. Um, <laughs> and that came from 66 targets. So he's actually won because the two guys ahead of him, uh, were only targeted like 40 times and they allowed that much. So he allowed on 66 targets, only 29 catches, um, yards per reception, fewest in the NFL, 6.9. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. And then, you know, me and DW talked about this earlier in the season. Um, Trayvon Diggs, uh, you know, everybody knows him because of the interceptions. Um, He's going to the Pro Bowl. He'll probably be all pro because that's just how things unfortunately work. Um, Literally gave up the most yards out of all corners in coverage. 1,016. The next guy is Marshawn Lattimore, who only gave up 862. 1,016 yards, B 
because of Trayvon Diggs, the NFL's golden boy for interceptions. Do you know who gave up the fewest? AJ uh, Terrell with 200. 200. So think of this. AJ Terrell played 16 games, only gave up 200 specific yards, like exactly 200. Trayvon Diggs gave up 1,016. <laughs> like, this Five is why I love PFS because, like, they actually look at this stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. Trayvon Diggs, you know, uh, as I said, Terrell's third overall as a corner. Want to know where Trayvon Diggs is? Give me um, a second. I got to go to page two. That's how bad. <laughs> oh my God. He is 63rd. 63rd out of a possible, what is this? I don't know. It cuts off at 69. So it probably keeps going, but 63rd. AJ Terrell's third. Trayvon Diggs is 63rd. Like, this is the reason you look at PFF scores because, you know, they back up <laughs> the stuff that, like, nobody's seeing. It's yeah. unfortunate that, um, it's not really like nationally known that AJ Terrell is this much, you know, better than uh, Diggs has been. But you know, I think he's starting to get attention. Um, he, he is, he is. But like coverage, okay. Here's coverage grade. Uh, PFF, as I mentioned, has AJ Terrell at second uh, overall for his coverage grade. Trayvon Diggs, and I just had him two seconds ago. He, uh, well, Anthony Brown, he's another one who's terrible for Dallas. But Trayvon Diggs, 33rd. So AJ Terrell is PFF's in pure coverage, second corner. Pro Bowl Trayvon Diggs, soon to be all pro, I'm sure. 33rd. 33rd. Yep. And that that's the point of using PFF because it does show you what people on, you know, if you just watch Monday Night Football, they're going to convince you that Trayvon Diggs is the greatest corner in the league when, he, in fact, he's the worst. He just gets interceptions. Yeah. Yep. There I said. He's <laughs> <laughs> someone had to say it. Someone had to say it. And we say it here on the Top Call It podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, turnovers are great. Like, like uh, he's not the worst corner, but you know, getting the turnovers is a big deal. Yeah. But obviously, you got to take in apart how many yards are you allowing? And AJ Terrell's not allowing like I mean 200's insane for playing 16 games. It yeah, that's less than um 50 per game, right? So mm-hmm. Uh, or a little, little over 50, but regardless, still an amazing, amazing season from AJ Terrell. Um, all right, Evan, who is third on the list for defense? So this one's a little surprising because he only played four games, but it's noteworthy because in those four games, like he was really good. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Oliver um, had 161 snaps this year, um, finished with the 72.6 defensive grade. Um, in coverage, he was 76.3, which is really solid for a corner. Yeah. Um, oh, very, Isaiah, yeah, very much yeah, so. Yeah, he was written off completely. And I don't blame people for writing him off completely. He had some struggling years in the past. But in those four games, like we were talking about Isaiah Oliver, like, oh, holy moly, like, what do we got here? Like, he's really yeah. taking another step in Dean P's uh, defense. Unfortunately, he got hurt. So, you know, we'll see. Is he a free agent or is he coming back next yeah, year? Yeah, he, he is a free agent. So, okay. Um, so that's something I, to watch. But it, definitely. I could see the Falcons trying to bring him back on a, a mm-hmm. one year deal. Uh, and he may be inclined to because, uh, you know, under Dean Pease, he had his best year ever as a pro yeah. um, in that slot role. And it's a, it's that slot role is pretty, pretty important in the Dean Pease defense. He speaks about it repeatedly at the pressers. And Isaiah was impressing the coaching staff. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him back for another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, see him in that role for you know once he's healthy again. Uh, he did tear his ACL, so we'll you know that's that is a little bit of a concern. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him. Definitely, name to pay attention to. Um, all right, number four on this list. Uh, I, I I'm always like hesitant to bring up his name because the minute I say his name, like fans are immediately they go ah this guy should be a starter and. You know what? He may be making the case, and that is linebacker Michael Walker. Um, he played in 16 of the 17 games. He had only 194 snaps total out of the 1170 that the defense had all year. Um, but he had a 71.2 overall grade, 68.4 in run defense, which is you know a little bit above average. Um, 69.6 in coverage, so again, a little bit above average. Uh, sort of subpar as a tackler, 48.8. And in the pass rush, 58.6, which is okay. Um, 
And yeah, I, I think with him, people are looking at a guy we'll talk about a little bit later um, mm-hmm. and thinking he's going to be his replacement. Um, but yeah, Michael Walker with, you know, sort of a solid overall second year, you know, uh, maybe not what people thought he was going to give us coming off of what was a surprisingly decent rookie year. Um, but I still think the potential is there for Walker. Um, and, you know, it's good to see him get enough snaps to put together uh, a fairly decent resume that heading into year three, he may be mm-hmm. up for a bigger role. Yeah. And he finished uh, as PFF's 28th overall linebacker when you eliminate, um, you know, breaking it down because most linebackers play like starting linebackers played in the 900 to over a thousand snaps uh, area where Walker only played 194 defensively. But I mean, he played pretty well considering uh, 71.2 is not like a elite grade or anything like that, but um, in the limited snaps he got, he looked good. So yeah, I agree with what you said. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to skip who is number five. Cause he had one snap and that was Christian Blake. He must've been uh, um, like, it was a, probably a hail like, Mary play right before halftime or something yeah. like that. And he came in. Well, he, yeah. he did well in that. So maybe they should have uh, <laughs> had him back. Keep, keep him out there in Hail Mary plays right. all the time. <laughs> all about it. All right. Who, who rounds out of their top five then, Evan? Yeah. So uh, Grady Jarrett, um, 67.2. Not a terrific grade, um, but, it, you know, I really don't know what to say about this one. <laughs> I don't really have any <laughs> strong thoughts either way. Um, it's tough when your defensive line is terrible. Um, yeah. No supporting cast for Brady. Right. Um, If he was on, say, the Rams or something, I'm sure that grade is higher because of who's around him. And it's a proven fact that when you're playing with better players on the defensive line, you know, you're going to have a better season. Um, His run grade, uh, 61.8. That's okay, I guess. Um, Tackling was, you know, for some reason, PFF had him as one of the worst tacklers on the team with a 30.1. Yeah. so I'm not sure he he probably had some missed tackles or something he had there. Nine nine missed tackles according to PFF. So mm. and pass rush sixty six point three, um, one of the better ones I guess along the defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even like a great grade, but yeah. So um, and then Kendall Sheffield after him um, only played two games, but sixty four point two, not great. He, on the other hand, was one of the best tacklers on the team with a 76.7. <laughs> so <laughs> go figure. Um, but that's basically it. it. Now, if you want to go from Grady Jarrett to like somebody who actually played, um, Eric Harris played 12 games, 59.7. It's not, not great for your safety. And then the other free agent safety they brought in, Duran Harmon, uh, right below him with a 59.1. Yeah. Um, I think those are fair. Like they had yep. some flashes, I guess, during the season. Um, but they were but, mostly average. Yeah. Across the board, mostly yeah. average. Um, and then just worth noting, right behind him, another safety, Jalen Hawkins, 58.7. Yeah. So the Falcon safeties were like, man, that's basically yeah. what this tells me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which, to be fair, with a team with no pass rush, um, right. it's hard for safeties to do their jobs effectively. So, um, Actually, I think Harrison Harmon gave us exactly what we needed from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not expensive. They were veterans. They filled the roles for extended periods of time. They gave guys like Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant time to grow into their roles and to learn the defense. Uh, and I think they 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 serve those roles well. So, mm-hmm. all right, Evan, we're going to talk about the bottom five. Um, and the the worst thought- name on the list, uh, which is probably not surprising, he was inactive most most <laughs> yeah. weeks. Um, but he only had 13 total snaps. So we're going to just gloss past him and, and really get to the real bottom five. Um, but that was uh, uh, edge. They have him as edge. He was sort of like edge and interior lineman. Uh, John Kaminsky, 27.4 overall, uh, 54.6 in run defense, 25.3 in tackling. Dear God. Oh. Um, yeah. 55.3 is a pass rusher, 54.5 in coverage. Uh, Kaminsky is under contract for more a year. He is cheap. He will probably, I imagine they'll, uh, bring him back. Uh, we had speculated at the Falcoholic, and I think this is probably the case that they wanted him to, uh, drop weight during the season. 
to be more of a edge stand up edge rusher. And uh, when he started getting snaps, that was the role he was in instead of that interior pass rusher that Dan Quinn wanted him to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this offseason, uh, if they put him on a different regimen, try to get him to a different look in his body style and, and what they ask from him. But yeah, mm-hmm. Kaminsky did not live up to the billing. And Evan, I am, you know, I've, I've recapped these PFF scores for <sighs> 17 weeks. I'm going to let you talk about who is at the truly at the bottom of this list, because I know for a fact that it will get our fans blood boiling, but I'll, I'll yeah. leave it to you to drop that name. Yeah. So that would be, and you probably know it because he, people have been giving him a hard time. <laughs> uh, linebacker Dion Jones. Yes. The once great linebacker in Atlanta is not so great anymore. Uh, PFF gave him a 33.7. Um, this is one of those situations where PFF's backing up what the eyes are seeing. I think yeah. most people, you know, have been critical who don't follow PFF just because they saw him in the games where he's missing tackles or out of assignments. And it just, looks ugly um in, in you know overall like among other linebackers in the league it obviously didn't get any better um so <laughs> the criteria of like starting linebackers who actually played around 14 to 17 games um out of a possible 60 Dion bush i mean not Dion bush uh Dion <laughs> jones i saw Devin bush right below him Dion jones 57th out of 60 um not what we needed no, this year. Um, and just for reference, uh, he led the team in missed tackles by mm-hmm. a long shot. He had 26 missed tackles on the year. That is yeah. an absolutely horrifying number. Like the next highest player is actually the guy who's right above him. Um, and this is going to surprise some people because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard people saying, oh, we you know we got to keep this guy. Um, and that's linebacker Foyer Luakun. Um, he played all 17 games, 1148 snaps. He had a 43.7 overall grade, 39.4 in run defense, 76.8 in tackling, 49.8 in the pass rush, and 52.8 in coverage. So he was our one of our better tacklers, which I think holds up. Um, but he still had 17 missed tackles. Um, so he was good at tackling, but still whiffed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so that was one per game, one missed tackle per game. Um, yeah, he finished with the seventh most in a single season in NFL history. So that NFL makes history. it even more puzzling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know it, his his miss percentage was only eight point seven. So he missed tackles on eight point seven of his mm-hmm. of his attempts. By contrast, Deion Jones missed a tackle on sixteen point nine of his attempts. So that percentage, I think, is really the the key distinction there. Yeah, um, and but, PFF. Oh, I didn't want to cut you off. PFF had no, him as. 45th out of 60. So to where Deion Jones was 57 out of 60, they saw Floyd as 45th out of 60. Yeah. So not at the bottom, but still not towards it. (laughs) Yeah. Still not good. Um, And he's a, he's a free agent and I, and Deion Jones still has, you know, a couple years left on his contract. And here's the reality. Um, Just for those who are listening, we'll talk about this more in the off season. Um, Foyer is going to get a new deal somewhere. Um, Dion counts 20 million towards our cap in 2022. Uh, the only way to get any kind of cap relief from Dion Jones realistically is to trade him. So another team has to be willing to give up some draft capital for Dion Jones. Um, whether or not that happens, uh, whether or not the Falcons are even thinking about trading him, whether they think he can be much better in year two under Dean Pease is a big question mark for this year. So a name we will be watching. Um, mm. All right. Third up from the bottom. Uh, defensive lineman Tyler Davidson, uh, 46.3 overall grade, 50.8 in run defense, 77.7 as a tackler, 48.0 as a pass rusher, and 56.4 in coverage. He only had two coverage snaps. Don't freak out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was interesting about Davidson is his snaps started dropping towards the back half of the season because he was supplanted by the actually fairly decent Anthony Rush who was brought in, uh, finished with nine games uh, for the Falcons. And I think Tyler Davison's uh, time with the Falcons is probably over because Anthony Rush uh, pushed him out of his spot. Um, so no big surprise there. Um, Evan, finish us out with the last two names on the list at the bottom for the Falcons. 
Yep. Uh, Brandon Copeland uh, played 16 games, finished with a 47 overall grade. Um, another guy who just, I mean, he wasn't great, but I mean, I think he was a little better probably than a 47, but yeah, it, yeah. it's fair. Um, and then above him at 32 overall on the Falcons defense, uh, rookie Taquan Graham finished with a 47.3, uh, played 13 games uh, on the defensive line, um, 309 snaps. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, looking at the defensive grades, awfully depressing. Um, <laughs> just because there's like a lot of guys who kind of had, you know, we all kind of had some hope in um, just not only underperformed, but like really underperformed. Yeah. Um, dramatically. Yeah. So, I mean, from what I'm seeing here, PFF's just backing up what the eye test has witnessed. Um, yeah. You know, some of the guys not who won't be mentioned here, but like, like Dante Fowler Jr., 55.9. He had, he had a 55.9 kind of season. Um, it's, you know, whatever. Um, as you mentioned, Anthony Rush, 56.5, finished one of the better interior uh, players outside of Grady Jarrett. Uh, Jonathan Bullard actually graded literally right ahead of him 56.7 yeah uh, one name that a lot of people always ask about is richie grant um and i get it um he had 12 uh played in 12 games 276 snaps finished with a, a 56.8 which isn't great um but but he's a rookie so it's, it's he's a rookie the... yeah it's not the end of the world um but he was actually one of the better uh rookies according to pff in terms of corners so and he played majority in, uh, I believe, nickel. So that's why he's yeah. listed on PFF as a corner, even though he was technically a safety before. So, yeah, that basically sums up the uh, the defense. Yeah, and that is um, where we will wrap it up on the podcast. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I felt like the defense was pretty accurately reflected in the PFF scores. Some minor quibbles, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think Foyer, I don't think Foyer was as bad as the score says. Right. Um, but I think he's more like league average linebacker. And, you know, that, that's probably, you know, I think the, the tackle numbers uh, that people are clinging to, that's such a horrible metric to, to, to hold on to, mm-hmm. to, to judge a linebacker by. Um, so I, I think Foyer is probably around league average. And that's going to have to factor into their discussions when they're talking about signing him. Um, and then, you know, same for the offense. I, I didn't have any major. The only thing I was like sort of confused by is our centers with Hennessy and, and Dahlman getting fairly good scores overall, but being like subpar pass blockers. Um, like, I still don't know how those metrics work out where if you're really good in run blocking, it sort of offsets your pass blocking. Uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't, that doesn't feel right to me. Um, <laughs> so, but other than that, I felt like these scores were probably – um, pretty accurate overall and a good reflection of who our best players and who our worst players were. Yeah. Um, so yeah. A- any final thoughts, Evan? I know that this was our first year really diving into the PFF stats after every single game. You and I both looked at them extensively mm-hmm. after every game. Um, any final thoughts as we wrap up the 2021 regular season? with? Falcons? Yeah. As we mentioned at the top show, it's important to look at the PFF numbers, but also understand that they're not, like literally like perfection or a perfect example of how these players play. They just kind of give you an idea. Um, but a lot of times they're going to back it up. So yeah, it's important, you know, when we talk about these PFF numbers to keep in mind, like that's not, you know, this is this company that's analyzing these players. It's not yeah. like that's what they are. It's not Madden where it's like, if you play with somebody who's in the nineties, <laughs> they're going to be great. Like it's totally different, but um yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. Um, PFF.com. That's where anybody can use it. You just gotta obviously get a subscription. But it's it's fairly interesting to watch during the season. And they yeah. have you know, and this ain't a promo for them, but they have fantasy content and stuff like that too. So yeah, check it out if you're interested. Yeah, um, I, you know we we've been using their stats for years. Highly recommend them. Um, again, it's one set of stats, but they. They, pro- they provide a lot of um, additional details, like you were talking about AJ Trail stats and um, mm-hmm. you know more more of the conventional stuff. And they and honestly, their site's really easy to use. Uh, I think for those of you who are you know, super invested into NFL football, 
Um, it's a good investment year over year. Uh, I love having this subscription. Uh, highly recommend them. And again, we're not getting paid for this. We're not getting paid. To say yeah, that. Not it's a, my... yeah, I wish we were, but we are definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, PFF, you know who to call uh, if, you, yeah. if you got some promotional deals going on. Um, no, we're just right. fans of random numbers and stats and whatnot. If you look yep. at me and DW's Twitter pages, it's all random stats and you know all kinds of stuff and PFF numbers and whatever. So yeah, we just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. That's football fans. Um, all right, buddy. On that note, mm-hmm. uh, you know the deal. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Uh, go to falcon.com for all our great content. As I mentioned last week, Kevin Knight's going to Senior Bowl, one of our writers. So there'll be a lot of interesting draft um, stuff on there. Um, and yeah, that about does it. Um, can't wait to... Actually, I don't know when our next show uh, podcast is, but it's been a long, fun season. I appreciate all of you listening to DW. Yep. Uh, as for me, guys, uh, you can follow me at Falcoholic DW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. And of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.